On today's show, Isaac is out. We're bringing in our closer, Richard Mavs Draft on the Friday show. We're going to get into the biggest things that have surprised us so far from this Maverick season. We'll get into it on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, multiple-time guest, friend of the show, host of Locked On NBA Draft. What you got for me, Richard? Hey, I'm excited to talk uh, Mavs after a victory on Wednesday. Ooh, yeah, it's way better after wins, even if even if they're ugly wins like that one than it is after a loss. Like two days after a loss, you're like, dang, now what do we talk about? Well, it's still bad. <laughs> hey, it was a sloppy win, but a win's a win. Uh, you can follow Richard on Twitter at Mavs Draft. Newly verified Richard on Twitter, Mavs Draft. Let's go. Hey, I uh, I'm up to your level now. It's it's a, quite the adjustment. <laughs> we got we got drunk with power over at Locked On, and we got somebody we got somebody verified without their name even on the on the Twitter account. <laughs> hey, I mean I'm a you know just trying to be a pioneer for all of us non names on. <laughs> <laughs> I think Laker Film Room was the first one to actually get it right. That was like <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> a team name, something else. This episode of Locked On. Uh, Mavericks is brought to you by, I almost said NBA Draft. This episode of Locked on Mavs is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right. I've been sick all day. My brain is mush. We will we will talk about the Mavericks. We'll talk about the biggest things that surprised us. I am not, you cannot hold against me any factual inaccuracies that I bring up on this podcast. Everybody in the YouTube comments they're going to be like, he's not averaging 20 points. It's 19 and a half. All that is just out the window right now. Uh, but <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, the biggest thing that surprised me so far, we're going to go back and forth. We I had us each pick three things. We didn't tell each other what they were. Luka Doncic just struggles to start the season. Has honestly been one of the surprising, like the most surprising things of the season so far. Because of, just because of the way he looked in preseason. And he was going half speed. It seemed like he wasn't like, super locked in and all that, but he was hitting every single shot. Like it just seemed like everything was coming so easy to him. I would see multiple people that cover other teams tweet like, Oh, Luca looks like the guy in summer league that doesn't need to play anymore. Right. Cause he's like too good for summer league at a certain point. He just looked like that in preseason. And so far this season, he's just looked like bad. Like, I like, would he be an all-star right now? <laughs> like this, if the all-star game was like next week. It's kind of wild. Now other guys have struggled in the West as well, but like he is just, he's not looked himself. Yeah. It's funny too, because if you look at the stats, it's still like a, a little bit better than his rookie year, but it almost lines up perfectly. Field goal percentages there, the points per game, rebounds per game, uh, assists per game, almost all identical. There's about one to two different on all of those, but the field goal percentage is almost equal. And it's crazy that like that's his bad. If this is as worse as yeah, it gets, true. Twenty four, eight and seven on forty two percent shooting. Like obviously twenty five percent from three is ridiculously low. New ball and all. Like that's not going to stay put. 
Yeah, and and it's not just his like counting stats. Like his counting stats are are fine, right? You look at those, but the Mavericks have been terrible while he's on the floor. It's so it's been so strange this year, and the, and the Mavs are still five and three, right? Like all this, and I'm going to mention another surprising thing, and the Mavs are still five and three, and all this, <laughs> but. The on-off numbers for Luca. The offensive rating is 101.6 when Luca is on the floor. Like that like 101.6 points scored per 100 possessions. That means you're scoring on like half the time and you're not like without threes, right? You know what I mean? Like it's just it's a very bad um number. It it would be it would have to be one of the worst if it was a team number, it'd be one of the worst team numbers we've ever seen. Uh, and w- when he's off the floor, it's 105.4 points scored per 100 possessions. So it's a little better. That number is still terrible, right? The Mavericks offense has just been bad, but it's been not great when he's on the floor. Now it's early. Some numbers get really skewed. That Denver game, that, that Atlanta game, those numbers were just God awful. And they're, they're going to skew the numbers like this a lot, right? Like that one game number is going to skew it a lot, but it's been weird that the Mavericks offense has been worse when he's on the floor. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, there's every year I feel like we have one of those games that skews everything. The Mavs win by 50 like they did last year against the Clippers. It's always one way we have these weird games, but I can't figure out what the explanation is. I mean, it starts with the fact that I swear I haven't seen Dorian Finney-Smith hit a three off of Luca's passing. Uh, I don't know what Dorian at all. Luka went through this offseason, but it really does feel like they don't hit the shots off of each other, and I really do think once three-point shooting comes along, that's going to be, you know, you're going to see that offensive rating really skyrocket and the tides kind of change on the on off. Yeah. And it's not just the efficiency on offense. It's his plus minus as well. Like his plus he's, he's, he's the, of all the players in the NBA, I think there's 19 that are averaging 20 points per game or more. He has the lowest plus minus on average. It's negative 10.5. It's the weirdest thing that, that Luca is there. Uh, and he's been double-digit negative in the plus-minus in five of the eight games so far this season, which is so weird because the Mavericks have five wins. <laughs> and so he's been – like, it's just been so strange because they've had a couple games where, where Brunson and the bench will come in, and that's when they'll retake the lead. So it's just all been – it's been wonky. It's been weird with Luka. His struggle so far this season has really surprised me. Yeah, and I mean, I think it all starts with the three-point shooting and – um, like inside the arc, he's really good. He's still great at the rim, great with floaters, great with mid range, like all that's still there. I just, something's not clicking outside of that area. Yeah. It, it's just all comes down to that shooting. Right. And, and the players around him for sure. Right. It's not just all on him, that offense, even though a lot of it is just all on Luca for the Mavericks to succeed. We know this, we've been over this, we've been over the roster construction. We've been over all that kind of stuff that it is. There's a lot on Luca's shoulders. Uh, but his turnovers haven't even been bad. He's like at four a game right now, which is right on par with what he's normally been doing. So it's not like that we've had these Luca games where he has like 10, 12 turnovers or something crazy like that. It's literally just been the bad shooting and the bad shooting of the other players on the, t- on the team, uh, which is, which is just insane. And hopefully that'll, that'll turn around a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, my my surprise is honestly, since we've talked about it so much, I hinted at it, the three-point shooting being this low, like that has to be a major surprise. Like they go hand in hand, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It, and uh, yeah, the Mavs three-point shooting has been absolutely terrible. They're, most of their good three-point shooters, Luca, Dorian, Chris, Christoph Porzingis, even Reggie Bullock, have just been like bad, like downright bad at shooting the three. And you think that most of those guys will come around. Dorian has been good the last two years. You think that, well, maybe it'll change. What's the thing with the ball, right? People have talked about the how the ball has been a big difference. That They changed from the Spalding ball to the Wilson ball, and it's just become a, a big difference for everybody. Yeah, I, I can't tell if that's actually a thing, 
I know. But <laughs> someone who, like, I, I can't even compare myself to an NBA player. But, like, you know, you play with different balls, and, like, it does take – there's an adjustment period uh, in that time. You know, it's – I don't know. It could be different for NBA players, especially if you're, like, an eight-year veteran who's played with the same basketball every single year. I don't know. It can be just a little minor change. That, but, like, we'll see. Maybe a month from now, everything will even out. Yeah, and if you look at um, if you look at league averages, the league averages is way down too. I'm showing this page from Basketball Reference. Uh, league average right now. This is every single team, every single shot, everything that, that has been made so far across the league. There's uh, in 118 games so far, so I don't think it counts Thursday and whenever you're listening to this. But three point shooting, 34.3 percent so far this season. You'd have to go back to da 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 da. 2004, the last time it was down to 34%. And that's not even as low as it is right now. You'd have to go back to, hey, there's our friend's prize picks. You'd have to go all the way back to, boom. You'd have to go back to 1994, the last time three-point shooting was this bad so far in the league. Now, again, it's really early, but man, it's just been a real big difference. And it's it's just really strange how bad it's been. So, the Mavs three-point shooting is bad. It's been an abomination, all that. But there's something going on with the rest of the league, too. Yeah, I I don't know if they'll do what they did the last time the league changed balls, but where they just said, you know what, never mind, we're going back to Spalding. <laughs> uh, I could see it if the league does think it's an issue, but it, it's affecting everybody. And the Mavs, I feel like, are the team that lives and dies by the threes the most in the league. And it really hurts. That's, that's in my opinion, why Luka's – three-point shooting is down like like Dorian Finney-Smith has always been a terrible shooter to start the year like outside of 2017-18 he's always shot under 33 percent from three I'm, I'm 90 percent sure in that stat don't fully quote me on that oh see but now, now we like can't games. we can't both be unreliable with stats today <laughs> but, hey I just got over a sickness too <laughs> but, it got down but, to 40 degrees Fahrenheit in Dallas and now everyone's getting sick <laughs> But, I mean, in his first eight games, like, because he's played eight games this year, is why I chose that, not just some cherry-picked stat. It's 32%, 28%, 30%. Like, it's it's bad. So this is normal, but also a new ball doesn't help it at all. Yeah. All right, coming up, let's get into some more things that have surprised us so far. Maybe some good things. Maybe we'll get into uh, some more of this three-point shooting. We'll probably talk about more. It's been the, the big thing for the Mavericks. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Mavericks is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up to to do a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. What's your go-to at McDonald's? Your friends are like, all right, let's let's stop at McDonald's. Let's let's go through the drive-thru. Let's let's go inside. What's the go-to? Big Mac and fries all day. Ooh. <laughs> I'm basic. <laughs> <laughs> With the special sauce and all that. Mine was I was always McDouble and McChicken. Like either one of them or both or both of them together. That was always my I go to in college. So head into your local McDonald's. It's a place where you can always look forward to stopping in after a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. You can go and check out McDonald's. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked On Mavs or Locked On NBA Draft? Watch party. I'm loving it. All right. Also, want to tell you about Calm. Did you know what makes LeBron James king? 
Do you know what makes him that? Do you know what actually makes LeBron James the best at what he does? That's sleep. That's how he can still do these like reverse windmill dunks at age 37. It's insane to watch him pull off some of that stuff. Sleep is his superpower. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. He has teamed up with Le- uh, LeBron has teamed up with Calm to help you activate the power of sleep. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron, sleep is critical. It's a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things you can do for your body from the sound of rain falling on leaves to to bedtime, sleep stories, calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for a challenge, unquote. They put unquote in there. I appreciate that. The word unquote. So if you head to calm.com slash NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm uh, premium subscription. Go to calm.com slash NBA to get a 40% discount on a premium subscription. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash NBA. Calm.com slash NBA. All right, Richard, let's get into some more things that surprised me. We talked about the offense a little bit. Give me something. Give me another one of yours, something that has surprised you so far about the Mavs. Yeah, um, so I would say Frank Nielakina, even being in the rotation, seems pretty surprising. He was the last man. He was the 15th man from training camp. That game against Sacramento was absolutely incredible. Every minute he played was a difference maker. He's consistently been there. He kind of got overplayed on Wednesday against the Spurs, but it was so minimal. But him being a rotation player, end of rotation player, has been really key, another guard for the Mavs that can play. I mean, that's a huge addition from what we saw last year. Yeah, it came. we knew it came down to Frank or Tyrell Terry, right? Jason Kidd admitted that afterwards. Some people thought it may be Trey Burke because of the vaccination stuff and all that, but it came down to Frank and Tyrell Terry, and we thought for sure there's no way Tyrell Terry's going to play. If he, if he makes the roster, there's no way he's going to play. And so you would think the same thing about Frank. You're like, oh, if he, if he makes the roster, there's no way he's going to play. And here he is getting like real rotation minutes actually part of the of the lineup um what's the thing you you've found that he's brought that's been the kind of the most surprising thing his, his three-point shooting early was pretty good but it, it was only a couple of games like a real small sample size he hit like you know four threes in three games or he hit five threes in three games so you're like oh that that's great but what else has he brought that you've seen so far yeah i mean i feel like i like his defense it hasn't been necessarily stand out ish but his energy overall just it's contagious it feels like on the defensive end especially everybody plays better when he's on the court. The Mavericks have a bunch of guys that we we joke and laugh about the continuity, dry, and keeping the powder dry, like all that stuff, like keep the guys together. But they have a lot of guys that just kind of know their their role and have known it for a while, you know? And it's hard it, you need guys every once in a while that are hungry that come in and change stuff, that come in and like I need this, right? I don't just like we're not just fighting for each other and like oh, fighting for a win and a W. They're like he's like fighting for his his livelihood in the NBA, and that kind of desperation is something I think the Mavericks need a little bit more of. Um, and Frank Nilakina has kind of brought that, especially on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean he's he's here to stay, and I think he's kind of revived his his career. I mean he had the defensive reputation in New York, but couldn't find the court. And now that he's combining those two things, his defense and actually being on the court in meaningful minutes, it's big for him going forward in his career. I'm I'm hoping to see some more made threes for everyone, but yeah. definitely, but definitely for him too, um, right? Because right now he's he's not. Let's see what is what is he so far? He's like twenty six percent. He's like barely made yeah. uh, the threes that he's been taking so far. He he had like two good games basically of, of good three point shooting. So hopefully that comes back. And we've talked about the last couple of games. He every once in a while he'll just take a shot where you're like, 
Maybe that's a little that's a little too much. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the, the Mavs try to rein him in back in, or if they, or if he, or if he maybe settles in. Will the Mavericks rein him in, or will he settle into his role and settle more into uh, some more high percentage shots? Yeah, I mean they they need him just to play a role, and that's a, that's a f- sufficient. Uh, another thing that has really surprised me, we've we've talked about the offense, but I'm going to go to Reggie Bullock. Uh, I know that I'm the, the the front man of the Bullock band. I'm the like the head of the of the uh, the Bullock brigade. Like I'm I'm all that, but I don't think he's been that good so far. His three point shooting has just been so down. He's been a forty percent three point shooter for like what seven eight years or something like that in a row. And so I thought for sure that's the one thing he's going to come in that quick release. You know he's going to come in and be consistent. He's shooting thirty two percent right now. What is he told? totals this is good podcasting uh 12 of 37 so far from three and it's just it hasn't been good but his defense hasn't been good either i don't know if you saw the nba math they have that total points added defensive points saved stat that they throw out every once in a while and they put the the graph out there and the lowest maverick on there in defensive points saved was reggie bullock and you're like okay there's there's probably some there's probably some fuzz and some white noise in that stat because he defends some of the best players on the other team. He's defended guys, but for him to be one of the worst defensive players on the Mavericks uh, has been kind of surprising the, the three point shooting. And then the defense, the two things that you paid him to come in here and do uh, he hasn't been doing. Yeah. It feels like the defense should have been better because he was advertised as at three and D I personally, I watched a lot of the Knicks, but I can't really remember his defense standing out one way or another. I just knew it wasn't really bad. Um, But his offense, the three-point shooting just hurts because his impact is so limited. And the one thing I do like about him offensively, though, is the way he attacks closeouts. Like, if you jump on his up fake, you're gone. And he's 5 of 10 from 2. He's able to hit those layups against traffic. There is some hope in that. Maybe once the three-point shooting comes along, his two-point shots will continue to be good. Is there anything else the Mavs like? It just seems like it's we're all talking about this three point shot, which is kind of an interesting thing because Jason Kidd didn't talk about offense at all, all preseason, all training camp, all before before that even. Like the entire time before game one, from like from when he was hired to game one, he has he did not talk about offense at all except for one thing. He talked about we are not just going to rely on threes, and the Mavericks are struggling from three, and you can t- and you can really tell, right? It's just it's been so strange to see. That's that was like the one thing he brought up a lot, and we haven't seen a lot of evidence of the Mavericks not relying on threes anymore, <laughs> because it's just built into their their offensive system with Luca to drive and kick and to, gu- to guys spread the floor for three, and it's just it's such a natural thing for the Mavericks to do that they haven't really built anything else that would suggest that they're trying to, you know not rely on not rely on threes anymore i guess yeah and it's funny because i remember correct me if i'm wrong but it was either media day or when he got hired he's like we're gonna push you know the, the super cliche thing we're gonna yeah. play transition all that and they still don't play transition and nope. i just i don't know it's a, this is what happens when you live and die by the three both by personnel and roster and also by really the play style of the whole team so i, I think that's just the consequences of it yeah, and the, the roster is 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 to blame for that for sure. It's not all on it's not all on scheme. The roster is built to the only things you can do are either the pick and rolls like with with your big man and Dwight and Willie have both struggled and Boban has been their one guy from two that's been really consistent. But yeah. um, but either you pick and roll with those, with those guys, uh, but nobody else is giving you like mid range shots except Luca, really, right? And and Brunson. Chris Porzingis, yeah, Brunson has given you a little bit of that too. 
But yeah, there's no one else really on on the Mavericks that it's like, okay, you can give us a little bit of, of you can give us some shots here, you can give us some cuts here. There's just really there really hasn't been a lot of that. Um, so yeah, but Reggie Bullock definitely one of the guys that is uh is one of my big surprises this year. All right. Coming up, we'll get into some more surprising, and then I got a couple of least surprising things. We'll get into that at the end of the show. We'll talk about that, but before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious, and uh, if you sign up for their emails, if you have signed up for Built Bar emails based on you've bought a box in the past, you may have received an email that a very good flavor is coming back, and you can enter a contest to win a box. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want you guys to all rush to your emails to do it because then my entries count for less. But go to built.com if you haven't tried these yet. There's a mystery flavor out right now. What's funny is they have the <laughs> they have the the macros for the mystery flavor, but they don't have anything else about it. So I know that this mystery flavor is 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, five grams of sugar, but I don't know what the flavor of the bar is. Uh, you can go get that one if you if you're a gambler, if you like to go try stuff. They also have the paranormal pumpkin, uh, which is a bar that is has marshmallow in it, pumpkin flavor. It's really good. I had one the other day at the Mavs versus the Heat game. Go check it out, and when you do, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's get into some more things that have surprised us. Um, we talked about Dorian Finney-Smith a little bit. I wanted to dive into it a little bit more because I don't think we've, we've mentioned it enough on this show. He is literally the second worst three-point shooter in the NBA right now. Yeah. Like, like. Of, of players that are shooting five threes a game or more, the only player shooting a worse percentage than him is De'Aaron Fox. And it's it's very weird to me because he's shooting, because it's not just that he's shooting bad. He's shooting even worse than his rookie year, right? We've seen this progression from Dorian Finney-Smith where the first two years he was bad, but we could tell he was improving. You could, you could see the shot was there. Like the mechanics were all pretty good. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't like a Ben Simmons shot, right? It was, it was pretty good. And then the last two years, he's been really good, like almost excellent from three. And he's been really, he's been consistent. And then this year, it's just like, it's just the rug just got pulled out from under him. Uh, and he adds a little bit more offensively th- than Reggie Bullock. And so he can do a couple more things, his dribble drives and, and, you know, passes and stuff. And he cuts every once in a while and his putbacks are huge on offense. But uh, him not, him not hitting threes is massive because we've seen in the past how, you know, when the Jazz put Rudy Gobert on him and he was able to hit all those threes in that game. That just changed it for the Mavericks. So when they don't have that, it's a, it's really hurting them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you saw the tweet I sent out on Thursday of the bottom 34. It's actually some good company, so I, I'm going to flip it upside down. I think it's great that he's <laughs> in the likes of Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Lowry Markkinen, almost a Mav. You know, this is some good company. Uh, so I, I think it's a positive. No, but it... Like you said, actually, something in there is that his dribble drive and passing, he did it a lot on Wednesday against the Spurs. Like that was that's a really surprising element that I don't know if it's kids encouraging it. I don't know if the coaching staff's encouraging it, but it is really interesting to see that pop up a little bit more. Like it seemed like he if he dribbled, I mean, I was adamantly against him dribbling, but it seems like <laughs> the staff is very, you know, in favor of it if it's only from the corner, though. Nowhere else. It has to be a line drive, right? It yeah. has to be from one point from point A to point B because it, it can't just be like him dribbling through traffic and doing all the stuff that Brunson does with like the Nash, like under the rims, yeah. you know, roundabout type thing. It has to be from point A to point B, but he's added this over the last couple of years where we've seen him 
it's basically him attacking closeouts. It's somebody closes out on him because they have to. Over the last couple of years, he's been a good three-point shooter. They attack his closeouts, and then he drives to the rim. And his passes have been pretty good. He's been able to hit a couple guys every once in a while. Again, guys aren't hitting their threes, so those don't turn into assists as often. But, uh, yeah, that, that's been a good thing as well. You mentioned how he struggled from, from three to start the season. Uh, he's shooting under 30% from three in October for his entire career. And then under uh, 33% in November. And then he gets up to 37.5% in December. Then he gets a 35% in, in January. So December, January, he really ramps up. So maybe we'll see Maybe we'll see that happen in his career uh, where it ramps up for him. Yeah, and what's actually funny is that includes last year's December when he wasn't that good, if you think about that. Yeah, true. Yeah. So that that should that number should be even higher. Uh you have any more things that would surprise that you've been surprised with so far? Uh the only thing is just that Moses Brown hasn't actually gotten the rotation. I, I really thought with how weak and the injuries, especially we've already seen two of the bigs go down. It's really shocking that Moses Brown just isn't there. Like I, you know, where I got roasted for saying something negative, <laughs> like the maps traded for him. But like even then I really thought they could use his rebounding, they could use something of his interior presence on either end, his length anything like that at any desperate measure. We just haven't seen it. What's so what's the key for Moses Brown? Because it seems to me that he just fouls a lot, right? He goes out there and he does. I'm not sure he's, he's not a great rim protector. He has all the tools to be a great rim protector. We've seen him work out with Tyson Chandler, but it's, it's just that he fouls a lot and that he is in the wrong place at times and all that. I mean, at media day, we were surprised when we asked him like, Hey, what's something Tyson Chandler has taught you. And usually people would be like, Oh, you know, he's taught me so much and give a vague answer. But he said, positioning positioning myself between a ball handler and the rim has been such a big thing and it was kind of like oh is that sort of like a (laughs) i guess you can get really in depth in something like that but it is sort of like a a, uh uh entry level what's the word i'm looking for sort of concept for yeah an elementary concept for him to, to understand on defense so i think that he's he's getting built up in that and so yeah that the mavericks definitely need his rebounding for sure they they've needed that they needed his rebounding for like 20 years or something something like that. They needed a guy like that. But yeah, I I was, I called for, I called for Moses Brown for the first time in that Spurs game. I'm like, just, just take Dwight off the floor and put in Moses, put take Dwight and Willie off the floor. Boban was playing well. So that helped. But those other two guys have just struggled so much. I'm like, just, I just want to see anybody else. Have you gotten to that point yet where you're like, I just, I would just rather see Moses Brown and I'll take the fouls and, and, and the rebounds and instead of like the, non-rebounds, non-trying, and then the attempts at rolls, I guess. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, the two plays for each of those guys. Willie Colley-Stein missed a dunk, uh, yes. was, like drink, and then uh, Dwight Powell just not catching. Like, they gave him the turnover, too, on Brunson. I think it was Brunson who passed to him perfectly under the basket. All he had to do was just grab it with two hands, out of bounds. And they gave the stats <laughs> on NBA.com. They gave Powell the turnover. It was the most beautiful thing, most deserving turnover. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like it, it bothers me so much when a guard gets a turnover for their big having stone hands. Oh yeah. So that that has been that's been a, a big point of frustration. Um, which brings me to my least surprising things. Dwight's play was one of them, my least surprising <laughs> things so far. Um Lucas free throws are down. That's not that's not super surprising. They're not too down. I think he's at like five a game right now. He was at seven last year and nine a game the year before that. And so to see his free throws down that much, his free throw attempts is not super surprising because of the change of rules and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's not surprising to me. But uh, so that's why it goes to my least surprising things because obviously the rules change and he can't get away with some of that stuff he did the last couple of years. 
yeah, it, I mean, it was bound to happen. Mine, mine is unfortunately something I wish I didn't have to talk about. Let's see and if it's the same one. You already know. I mean, you see the name at the bottom, Draft. I was on here to talk about <laughs> this player in 2020. I, I still do believe in him that he does have a spot in the rotation, whether it's next year, whenever. I think he does have a spot in someone's rotation as like that. Uh, there's a better players for this, but like Iguodala almost where it's just the passer defender hit an open shot, hit 30%. That's all you need. But I mean, he's shooting 14%. Josh Green is, I don't know. Josh Green's been worrisome on the offensive end, but in the second quarter of the Spurs game, the, they put that him in pass. the opening quarter and they went on a 10, nothing run. You can't tell me it wasn't Josh Green. <laughs> See, no argument against it. No argument against it. There are believers out there. There are Josh Green believers. It's you and Lauren Gunn, and I'm not sure who else is in it. but There's there dozens some, of us. Dozens. <laughs> literally dozens of us. Um, yeah, the Iguodala thing is kind of interesting. But to get to that point, like Iguodala was uh, an insane like ball handler and was insane yep. at like getting to the rim and all that at the beginning of his career. And to get to the point where you're Iguodala, like Warriors Iguodala, you have to be so smart, right? Like yep. you have to be the smartest guy on the floor, I think. And for Josh Green to get that, to get to that point, to be effective in his second year is so early. Um, we've seen some, we've seen good passes from him. We've seen a couple of good things from him, but it's just been, the flashes have been so few and far between. And the playing time has been few and far between too. We, have, we just haven't seen him a lot at all. So yeah, I'm not I'm not to the point where I'm like, all right, the ship has sailed, but the ship has sailed for me as like he's going to be a factor this year. He's yeah. not going to be a factor this year, right? Like it's still just going to take time. We knew when he was drafted it was going to take time. He was a development guy when they picked him. It was going to be like a 5-year project or something like that. And uh that continues to be the case. <laughs> he's not ahead of schedule. <laughs> I mean, he's still 20 years old. Like if he was yeah. in the draft, he would still probably be a first-round pick. So like that's my whole thing is it's just like you have to really put that in context. Like sure he was drafted at 19, but I also like what they put him at power forward the other night. Uh, that was also mm-hmm. impressive. He was the second biggest player. So <laughs> maybe that's something like they're really experimenting. You got to appreciate that at least. If he was like three or four inches taller, he would be so oh. much more effective. I think if he was, instead of being six, five, if he was six, eight or six, nine, yep. I guess just even six, eight, if he was three inches taller, it would just be such a big difference um, for a guy like that. He could play it. He could play up. A pos- he could play up two positions and he could, you know, he could do a lot more. I feel like, but being held back. All right, my least surprising thing so far, Chris Porzingis missing four of seven oh. games already. The, the, we should not be surprised by this. The, all the talk, it became a bit on this podcast, and I kind of feel like people have taken the bit that we made as like, oh, we have confidence in him because he's been he's healthy for the first time. It's like, yeah, it was always like a grain of salt. It's like <laughs> he's, he's healthy until he's not, right? But him missing four out of seven games, uh, or f- what is it now, four out of eight, five out of eight games? Yeah, five yeah. out of eight games now. Uh, this is an old stat. Uh, five out of eight games so far that he's missed. Just not surprising, man. It's just like it's it's come to the point where we're like, all right, this is we gotta expect him to miss these games. What is surprising about this though, I'll turn it on its face here. Lower back tightness. It's like not even a a real type injury. It's it's an injury that we normally associate with fake like injuries, right? Rondo. Rondo, Dennis Smith Jr., Ben Simmons right now. Like everybody does the lower back tightness when they don't want to play. And here we are with with KP, who KP has has been publicly saying he wants to play. So I don't I don't know. And and Maxi got it too. So it's Hello. like very real on the team. His his lower back, right? Because I remember even he held his hip or lower back when he dunked and he I'm hasn't made sense. I'm pretty sure it's lower back. I'm gonna see what it is if what Maxi's is officially, because I think it's something else. Man, if they put it at something else, raise sound the alarms. 
<laughs> yeah, if anybody else has, yeah. Uh, who could they trade KP and Maxi for? That would make sense. All right, bold one. Are you ready? Oh. You ready? Pascal oh, no. Stockton. Ooh. I, I think you go. probably have to go to pick, but like, I don't know. The, the I've seen too much of Raptors Twitter be like, all right, yeah, you can move him. He's expandable. Like, I don't know. That's my bold one. Interesting. Yeah, that one makes sense. The Raptors have played so well without Siakam so far too, which has been really interesting. Uh, that would make Sean Woodley so so irrationally mad though if they traded for Porzingis, which would make my life really funny because then uh, Sean Woodley would have to get the calls from David Locke about when games when KP is bad instead of me. <laughs> that would have to happen instead. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That's that's what we got with this. I'm still trying to look up Mac, what what Maxie's exact injury is. Uh, they're calling it back. Yeah, it's just back. But at oh, least he had a fall. At least he had a fall. At least, <laughs> at least it wasn't like just out of the blue with KP. But there you go. That's the things that have been the most surprising, the least surprising to us. Go follow Mavs Draft. Go listen to the Lockdown NBA Draft Show. Go follow Mavs Draft Richard on Twitter. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!